I fail in my heart. The Lord gave me a word, and it's actually a, it's almost like a revision. Uh, the Lord wants us to do in Papa's house. So uh, I believe maybe you 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 might have heard me speak uh, along the lines in those days. Uh, but maybe it may be a fresh thing for you. But I felt in my heart to revisit uh, something that is burdening me throughout the week as I was praying. So I just wanted to start with a word of prayer and then see how the Lord leads today. So Father, I pray that you will speak to us. You will establish your kingdom in us, Father. Lord, uh, we are called to be the carriers of your presence and I pray that you will help me, anoint me, and you'll help me to deliver it. And it's not just to impress the years, but to impact them in such a way that Christ is formed. The vessel has been transformed into the image of Christ. So we ask this all humbly in Jesus' name. Amen. So turn your Bibles, uh, Revelation chapter 2 uh, is the last book in the Bible, so you probably will not miss it. Uh, chapter 2 from verse 1 to 7. To the angel of the church in Ephesus, uh, these are the words of him who holds the seven stars in his right hand and walks among the seven golden lampstands. I know your deeds, uh, your hard work and your perseverance. I know that you cannot tolerate wicked people, that you have tested those who claim to be apostles, but are not and found them false. You have perceived and endured hardships for my name and have not grown weary yet. Circle that word yet. I hold this against you. You have forsaken the love you had at first. Consider how far you have fallen. Repent. Do the things you did at first. If you do not repent, I will come to you and remove your lampstand from its place. You have this in your favor. You hate the practices of the Nicolaitans, which I also hate. Whoever has ears, let him hear what the Spirit says to the churches. To the one who is victorious, I will give right to eat from the tree of life, which is in the paradise of God. I mean, there's a bunch of stuff. We can just stay and meditate on this for a long, long time. But I just wanted to concentrate on one thing. It says in the verse four, it, I hold this against you. You have forsaken the love you had at first. So the topic I want to talk about is return, return to the, your first love, return to your first love. And I felt uh, again and again this whole week, uh, uh, this has been a quite a bit of a challenge. We've been running here and there for the paperwork. And sometimes you can get busy with all those stuff. And uh, and you've been overwhelmed with the sense of, uh, you know, uh, the sense of challenges that's just, you know, surrounding you. And sometimes you can take the walk with the Lord as granted and you kind of, uh, it becomes like a very mundane routine thing. And I felt the Lord was saying to me, you know, it is important that we never lose perspective. It is important that we never lose our first love. And if you look at the church in Ephesus, most of all the churches are in the modern day Turkey. In those days, uh, the early church was planted in the modern day Turkey. And these guys, 
the Turkey changed the name now, it's called Turkia, you know, <laughs> anyway. But uh, so these guys, when they uh, were uh, the revelation, uh, the Lord gave to John to write to these churches. And one of the things that, that the Lord gave him is to write to the church in Ephesus and to talk about what this church is going through. And uh, it's kind of almost... Uh, uh, he mentions few things like he, I see your hard work. I see your perseverance. I see that you don't tolerate wicked people. I see that you test the apostles that are fake and you rejected them. I see you persevered. I see you endured the hardships and you, and also you didn't, uh, you have not grown weary. That means uh, you just don't do ministry uh, without joy. You kept going. And he kind of highlights so many beautiful things, but then he goes and point out one little thing and he says, uh, uh, it's almost hitting like a bullseye. And he says, you're forsaken the love you at first. Uh, my brothers and sisters, I don't know who I'm talking to, but the spirit of God is saying, we can be so busy for God and still lose the love, the romance that we have with God. If we can be so occupied, even with, with the sense of duty, like I get up in the morning, I read the discipline of prayer, the discipline of fasting, the discipline of worshiping, the discipline of going to church, the discipline of giving. We can do all this in the sense of being mechanical, you know, but then we lose that romance, that sense of being in that place of intimacy with God. You know, I, I, I'm not saying you shouldn't do that. I'm saying we could still, A.W. Tozer say that we could, any person in this world can have a spiritual experience without being saved. And, and he gives examples like people go to, like, for example, they go to Ganges River or they go to Mecca or they go to the Amazon rainforest or they go to uh, this, uh, this uh, uh, Mayan uh, pyramids that in, 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 uh, in, in the ancient Mexico or they go to even the, the pyramids, uh, uh, the, the Egyptians. And they have the sense of, uh, or they go to these big cathedrals and they walk down there and uh, in Rome and Italy and they see, uh, they see this experience or even people go to Jerusalem and they have the sense of like Jerusalem syndrome. They're like, wow, something awesome, something beautiful. And you can have a kind of a spiritual experience without Christ without Christ formed in you, without Christ being, uh, bring that joy, that being your life in you. My brothers and sisters, I don't know who I'm talking to, but the spirit of God is saying, come back to the first love, come back to the first love, return to the first love. Remember the first thing Adam did, he actually rebelled. You know, the first thing Adam did, the, what is the, what is the finest definition of sin? that Adam, Adam means from the earth, and he actually made himself an independence of God. He said, God, I don't want independence. I don't want dependence on you. I want independence. So he, that's the reason he got cut off. And the last Adam, he did not come 
to invent something new. He came to restore us back. That's why the most powerful statement you can say to God, I depend on you. I need you. Amen. God never created us to be independent. God creator created us to be interdependent. Amen. So if you look at this verses again in the screen and you will see there, yeah, he goes on and to say, consider how far you have fallen, repent and do as you did first. If you do not repent, I will come and remove your lampstand from its place. Lampstand is a place, it's referring to the Old Testament tabernacle where you go and you will see the lampstand is a place it's in the holy place where it's the only light that shines in that place. And, and the Lord kind of saying here, you, you can have all the meetings, you can be so busy, you can do all the external things, but when you don't have the first love, I'm gonna I'm gonna remove that from you. You will be just and noted for somebody who is externally, you know, being a Christian. And having the right thing to say, but inside your light, your joy, your 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 life has been pulled out. You become like a, a person, uh, a religious person, not necessarily a person who, who who shares the love or lives the love that that God designed you to live. Amen. So the word Nicolaitans, uh, it's actually a, a Greek word composed of two words, Nico and also to Laos, Nicolite. So Nico means to conquer and Laos means conquer common people. So they had this, uh, the Nicolaitans had this mindset that uh, they are above the common people. They are some kind of a, a, a group of people who esteem themselves higher than the common believers. And they had this pride in them. They thought themselves, they are the best of the best. And uh, that's one of the region, uh, release, uh, things that religion does. Religion, the word religion means to pull you back. Can you imagine that? If you, to draw you back. And that's why you have religion always have this pyramid and you have some a group and uh, a group of people on the top and they are called the gurus they are called the bishops they're called the priests they're called the reverends they're called the pastors or doctors you know and then the very bottom line you are the entry ones the normal believers the day-to-day -day guys and the holy spirit is saying i hate those things i hate i hate those uh mentality of people who come and say you know i am better than you and the Bible says here beautifully about this church in Ephesus, you hate the practice of Nicolaitans, and which I also hate. And I've said this over and over. I'm a, I, I've got put me and Eunice as pastors of Papa's house over, uh, over you guys, but that doesn't mean we are on the top half year. We are walking with you in the terms of seeing the kingdom of God. There is no one, you know, in, in the terms of Nicolaitans to be like, I'm superior, I'm higher, I'm, I got it all. You know, that is never the re reason why God established even the leaders in the church. God established leaders in the church to serve, to empower, to, to guide, to bring the best of Christ manifesting in and through their lives. 
And look at what it says again. And it says, uh, uh, but you have this in your favor. You hate the practices of Nicolaitans, which you also hate. And most of you here in Papa's house, you know, for, for those who are here for a long, or for those who joined by this time, you understood the DNA of how the Papa's house functions. You know, we, we don't take pride in our titles. We don't take pride in, in our positions. We don't take pride in, in, in what we do. We are not defined by what we do. Our identity does not come in what we do and what positions we hold. Our identity defined by who we are in Christ. So I want to jump right into the next 20, 25 minutes. I want to talk to you about uh, the uh, about how we can guard this first love and how we can grow in this. So it's going to go quick. So I want you to take notes if you're taking notes. And if you're not taking notes, take notes. Uh, I'll put it up in the chat and uh, look at this one. There are five kinds of love. One is God's love for God. That's perfect unity and perfect love in the Trinity that God loved himself so much. He doesn't need an external thing to fill him. You know, that doesn't make God, God at all. So second one is God's love for us. Out of that perfect love, God sent his son to redeem us. You know, everything God did is to restore us, to bring us back into the original design. And our love for God, that's the third one. And the fourth one, our love for ourselves and then the fifth one our love for others and these are the five levels and if you want to love God you need to understand how much God loves himself how much God loves us and then we can know and appreciate and share our love for him and our love for ourselves and indeed we can share our love to others now this is the five levels of love. But what I wanted to uh, continue more into this, uh, in this losing our first love, how we can guard is the first thing that highlighted to me, I felt the Lord was kind of saying, you know, we can lose our first love when we walk with God becomes mechanical rather than the pursuit of love. In other words, uh, mechanical is a discipline without joy and communion of the Holy Spirit. Okay, I'm going to make a statement. If you probably don't, probably won't agree or probably it will be a shocking thing to you. Uh, if we don't get joy in the answer to the prayers, we will get almost like a, a, a yeah, like a false comfort in the discipline of prayer. You hear what I'm saying? If you don't get the joy in the breakthrough of prayer, like you prayed and you saw your breakthrough, you prayed and you saw your victory, you know, what tends to happen is we tend to find our comfort in the discipline of prayer. And I'm not saying you shouldn't be disciplined to pray, but that is not the reason God made you. God doesn't made you to pray. God hasn't designed you to just read the Bible. God hasn't designed you just to go to church on Sunday. God doesn't design you to just do the Christian work, you know, in a, in a, in a way that it's like, wow, I'm a Christian. I do things. God designed you for a purpose and the purpose 
purpose is to worship him, to celebrate him, to, to, to be conquered by him, to be occupied by him, to be possessed by him, to manifest his glory. It's, so it's much, much bigger, much greater, much, much powerful than just us doing things because we ought to do things. Does it make sense? If it makes sense, put a thumbs up on your screen or say amen. So it's much bigger than just our 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 routines, you know. So otherwise, uh, we we would be doing just routines like any other religious person, you know. Uh, I think weekends we confuse God, you know. Friday, some people go to go their their religious place and worship. Saturdays, the SDs goes. The Sundays we go. It's almost like we have all those religious package. We kept it for God and we say, I'm doing this. I'm disciplined in this. I'm disciplined in prayer. I'm disciplined in giving. I'm disciplined. But the reason you're created is not in this disciplines of it. It's though it is powerful and good. But the reason God is calling us uh, is to bring us into that intimate relationship that we are love bound. You don't, you don't love your wife because she is your wife. You, you, you love her because she deserved to be loved. You, you, you just, you don't stay afloat in marriage. You, you thrive because the, the love is bounding us together. You know, so that's the, that's the difference between a religious person who is externally committed in those things, but then internally there is a shallowness in his heart. And uh, that's the impression the Lord is giving to me about the first love. Okay, so prayer becomes mechanical. Reading Bible becomes mechanical. You know, going to church becomes mechanical. Giving becomes mechanical. Missions become mechanical. And all these things I talked about, prayer, reading, going to church, giving, missions, are all not the masters. They are actually your servants. And that's why I'm saying even Sundays, sometimes we are disciplined to go to church on Sunday and it almost become like a, the, the, the thing that we do to God has become the masters of our lives. Never should be that the case. God is our master. God is our leader. You know, sometimes we hold on to the policy more than the person. Sometimes you hold on to the program more than the relationship. Sometimes you hold on to what we do into more than into who and what he's saying to the church. Amen. So I don't know if it doesn't make sense. I, I believe it's going to make sense. I, I hope I'm not confusing you. And Isaiah 29, 13, the Lord says, these are my people. They honor me with their lips, but their hearts are far from me. Their worship of me is nothing but man-made rules learned by routine, mechanical. Isaiah 29, 13. So I put it up here, you know, so it's up in the chat. You, you will see this uh, so that I, you can take notes also. Amen. So what I want to encourage you is to really think about these things. Am I giving to God because God gave everything to me? Or I'm giving it because 
I don't want to have a flat tire. You know, one day one girl was saying, I don't want to mention the name of that person or a country where she comes from. She said, I give to God. Otherwise, suddenly some disaster happens, you know, and, and so my flat, I get flat tires or I get sick. I mean, I understand the spirit behind what she's saying. What she's saying is this. I, I totally believe when you give to God, it's like you're, you're praying, paying an insurance premium and God covers your covers you it's like you're giving to god because god is giving you covering I understand that but that shouldn't be the reason you give to god you give god because god has given you first he taught you how to give first so so it's it's sometimes we can get into that routine of stuff and lose the heart behind it and the second reason why we can lose our first love is we can overcrowded with stuff that is not necessarily evil and what do i mean by that busyness syndrome that's what i mean so we can be so occupied for example we can be occupied with uh, with a ministry you know and we can be occupied with with family friends goals dreams and we can we can get so busy for the lord and those things are not evil those things are good but sometimes we can be so occupied with those things and we move we tend to move from being to doing and I remember coming, coming from a YWAM background, youth with a mission background. Uh, we, we sometimes we, we have this uh, busyness, like get saved and go get other people saved. But it's 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 almost become very mechanical. It's almost become like I got to do this, do this, do this, and you find your identity in doing. And and this is what the Lord is saying: Come out of that. Come out of that. Yes, I, I, I'm not, God is not saying, don't go and preach, don't go and give, don't read Bible. God is not saying all those things you go, even when he talked about you uh, to the Pharisees, he said, you even tithe the mint leaves. You got to do that. But you have to see the bigger picture. What is the bigger picture? The bigger picture is to see that you are going to the heart of the issues, which is the first love. I mean, Ephesians 2, 6 says uh, he raised us from the dead. That's what is a dead religious rat along with Christ and seated us with him in the heavenly realms because we are united with Christ Jesus. Communion with Jesus gives us life. Uh, amen. So this is the third one we can lose our first love is because when we take our life for granted, you know, there is a saying in English called familiarity breeds uh, um, uh, contempt or sloppiness. We lose the sense of ow, oh, the fear of God and the wow factor is gone and the deep appreciation of who we are and whose we are. My dear brothers and sisters, do you have, you know, sometimes the, when couples are married for so long, they lose the wow factor. You know, I've been married for 12 years and, uh, and there is not a single Sunday gone by when we go to church, either we walk, you know, when we used to drive from Mayflower all the way to the church campus where it takes an hour or so, or even when we were in Polur, we used to drive when we were, you know, in from in Gandhinagar, we used to drive and come to the campus or even even here being in, in, in here when we go to your church, there's not a single Sunday gone by my wife. And me, and when we sat in the car, and my if if I forgot to say this, she would say the statement. He didn't say me anything today. How I look? 
<laughs> and I would say, Amor, you are as usual, so beautiful. You are guapeta, which means beautiful in, 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 in bonita, which means beautiful in Spanish. And, uh, and sometimes we, we lose that, that romance. We lose that sense of uh, uh, communion with God, you know, because we are so focused uh, on, on things and we take life for granted. Appreciate, you know, and, and say to God, God, good morning. Good morning, God. Good afternoon, God. Good evening, God. Good night, Holy Spirit. You know, it's not like he's going to sleep. He's going to speak to you even in the dreams. Amen. So some, it's so important. Sometimes we are taking the life for granted and we say, I read my Bible. Yeah, I prayed. You know, we have like tailor-made prayers that is for, for breakfast prayers, lunch prayers, dinner prayers. We have prayers for sick people. We have prayers for what we don't know what to pray. You know, we have all the tailor-made prayers and we just throw one of them out and we think it's done. But God is saying, come more than that. Come closer. Come to my heart. Stay with me. Stay in my presence. Does it make sense? Amen. So we lose our first love if we harbor bitterness. And that's something that's a very important thing. We can, we can easily lose our first love when we harbor bitterness. And what is bitterness? Bitterness is some issues that you have never been dealt. You know, and one of the things that the Lord has been uh, speaking again and again, it's to not to carry an often spirit. Jesus never carried an often spirit. Even on the, uh, as he was dying on the cross for us, he was interceding to the Father. Father, forgive them for they do not know. Even in the midst of the challenges, he was continually you know, releasing out the bitterness. Bitterness causes, it's like you ask any cancerous person, they'll tell you cancer never stops where it started. It always spreads. And bitterness, if you have a bitterness in one area, it will spread like a cancer in other areas. It will show up in your marriage. It will show up among your children. It will show up among your finances. It will show in your, in your ministry. It will show in your work that you do. It will show everywhere because a cancerous person, yeah, a bitter person can never worship God, can never praise God, can never thankful to be God, can never take life uh, and appreciate it because they're always telling about what went wrong. So I, I felt in my heart to say, you know, that, that don't harbor any bitterness. And, and the last but not the least, I'll quickly give this and then give you some, you know, get, how do we get back our first love? We can lose our first love when pride kicks in, pride, pride kicks in. Yes, I said the word pride. And that's one of the biggest challenges that many of us deal with. And sometimes, you know, it was, I think, uh, uh, Derek Prince who said this, and he said, you know, the moment you think that you are more humble, <laughs> you're losing it. <laughs> and I think it's, I agree with that 100% because the moment you realize I am a humble person, hey, look at me. I'm a humble person. I don't tell about others. You know, I, and, and, and it's just that even the sense of entertaining that fact like you're humble, it tells you that you have pride issues to deal with, you know. And so the pride person focuses on himself. And that's the thing. The prideful person thinks all about himself. So that's what I want to encourage you to think about that. It's not about you. It's about Christ in me is the hope of glory. Now, 
Uh, I rushed this, th these things to you because I wanted to go into uh, uh, into the next five to seven minutes, I want to talk to you about uh, uh, how do we gain this first love? How do we go back? We know some traps. We can't, we can lose our first love if we have pride. We can lose our first love if you have bitterness. We can lose our first love if you take life for granted. We can lose our first love if you're crowded with, the, with stuff that not necessarily evil busyness syndrome we can lose our first love when our life with walk with god walk with god becomes mechanical rather than the pursuit of love you know so it is it is it is important that that uh, that we don't wait for the approval of the world or the opinion of others to become our top priority you know and those things can be crowding us into a place where we can lose our first love but how do we gain how do we gain? Maybe some of you are listening to me and you're saying, Charles, I want to gain. I want to go back to the first love, go back to this first romantic approach that I had with God. The first day when I got saved, the moment I got, I got redeemed. I know my sins were forgiven. I got, you know, peace flooded like a river in my heart. I, I understood all those things. How do I go back? How do I get that back? You know, the first thing you got to do is repent. Repent. The word repent is two words. Pent is an old English word means to think. Repent. That's why they have penthouse. Penthouse means it's the top thinking. Then you can see the view properly. That's why it's called penthouse or the most valuable uh, houses in all the world. You know, any structures that you have a penthouse, the boss stays on the top penthouse. Pent is means to think. It's an old English word. Nobody uses that. Repent. What does that mean? To rethink. In Greek word, repent means metanoia, which means to change how you think, the change of your mind. Repent. So what do you do? Repent. First Adam, lost it. Last Adam, Christ regained it. Repent. How do you repent? You come to God and you say, God, I want to think the way you think. I'm sorry you got stuck into religion. You know, and this, uh, I don't know, anybody read screw tape uh, uh, letters? Anybody read? Uh, you can say yes or amen or, or click thumbs up screw, screw tape letters. And in this, the devil says, <laughs> the, the big devil is giving advice to the, the little devil. And it's so fascinating. And I, I could not move after reading that one little statement. I, for, many, for many days, I was like, wow. It says, go and don't tell the Christians. Uh, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's all written opposite. The screw tape, they're telling that the, the Christians are the bad guys and you have to go and change them. And so it says like, go and don't go and tell them that God is not good. Don't go and tell them God is bad. Don't, don't tell them that you have to do this and this and that. Just make them busy. Then they will lose the love for God. And when I read this much, like, wow. You know, sometimes we get so occupied with busy stuff. I'm doing this. I'm going there. I'm, the, I'm having this. And, and, and you feel like you are in a, in a missions hospital, saving the world, doing all these things. But then inside you're crumbling. Inside you feel like, man, I'm depressed. I'm collapsing. My marriage is not surviving. I'm, I'm, my kids are growing with the strangers. You know, I want to I emphasize this to you. I know you have, all of you have caretakers in your home. I want to ask you this, please. 
listen you if you are leaving your children and going to work for 12 hours a day and you come you trust somebody in your hand of a person who who does not know christ and they're going to put their values on their kids so i want to ask you to prayerfully consider that who do you trust your kids with think about it twice before you just leave them there and trust the lord that god will bring even look at this even when the midwives in the egyptian times when the when the children of israel were going through persecution the midwives took a call and they said we will be there to deliver the savior of the world guess who was the savior of the world at that time moses and they were there to protect to nurture to guide and i want to encourage you my dear brothers and sisters you know we 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 got a god who we are allowing our children to be influenced are we allowing the things of the world the people around us so considerably think those things you know so so first thing what we do is repent change in how we think number two learn to rest in his presence and uh, <laughs> i say to god you know god I, i have no agenda you are my agenda learn to rest i know we all have our discipline of prayer we read consistently chronologically we read some chapters we have a devotion book we have a prayer journal all those things are beautiful but learn to rest in his presence learn to say god i'm here not because i have something to give you i'm here because i value your presence learn and i know some of us are busy so busy that you know we 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 even give flying kiss to our wives because we don't even have time you know so it's like but man busyness is a death of a prayer busyness is a death of a prayer and i want to encourage you to learn to rest in his presence and the third way we can regain our first love is to appreciate is to appreciate and be thankful for even the little things in life and that's the one of the ways to to regain the first love to little things you know a uh, little 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 stuff maybe maybe you, you know there is no power cut in your in your place most of the cmc guys don't realize what is a power cut but if you live outside the campus uh, power cut is a common thing you know we we have solar panels generator electricity still sometimes something knocks out and linutex mean none of those works and you know it's ridiculous you know and sometimes like oh wow you know generate no it is not starting solar panel uh, the battery i don't know it's not work and the power i don't know when it came last time so it was like so when we get power we say lord thank you you know so it's, it's so it's incredible little things be thankful to god even for the little things appreciate the little little things you know thankful to the rain thankful for the breeze you know thankful if somebody cleaned your street thankful you know if something a small initiative by the local government or from the central or the state did something good appreciate them not pointing out what went wrong but appreciate in what be thankful and that's the way we gain our first love back and don't take the last one do not take for granted for what god has given you and that's something the lord highlighted very strongly you know don't take your wife for granted your kids your job your ministry your nation where you live don't take it 
for granted because it's so easy to live with that granted mentality. Ah, oh, it's okay, you know. And I just constantly, and and that's what one of the one of my friend used to say, you know, when a wife, when a guy opens the door uh, of his car uh, to his wife or his girlfriend, maybe the wife is new or the car is new. <laughs> that's the only reason. And sometimes we we tend to be like that, you know. We we, we are very amazing. And it's like this African king who went and conquered and then he leave them behind and go and conquer again. And that's the reason sometimes we, we, we don't appreciate. So my brothers and sisters, appreciate your wives, appreciate your, your kids, appreciate your job, appreciate your ministry, you know, uh, appreciate, go and say, hey, you, you value to me, you are valuable. Say a couple of things like how much you are uh, valuable in my life and speak that over them, you know, and, and call out to them, and appreciate them. And that's something uh, that never take the life for granted. So we repent, we, we rest in his presence. We don't allow, uh, you know, uh, we don't allow the pride to kick in. We are thankful and appreciate even for the little things. We don't take the things for granted. And last but not the least, which is important, bring all the hurts, Hang, uh, habits and everything to Jesus, disappointments, habits and hangovers, everything to Jesus. Keep washing yourself with the word of God. Keep washing completely and say, God, I bring my life to you. I, I don't want to have this hurt. Somebody in the office said some comment bad about me. I don't want to harbor that in my heart. I bring it to you. You are my defender. I don't want to have any hangovers. I don't want to have any habits that is not pleasing to you. I don't want to be allowing my disappointments to, to join, take my life in a further direction. I want to bring all this to you. I want to bring, allow you, the Bible says in Ephesians, they are washed by the word of God. You know, the Christ washes his bride with the word. So wash, wash me with your word. Lord, that the, I'm, I'm going to be a bitter free person. I'm going to enjoy my life that you have called me to live. I'm going to celebrate you all the time. That's what it says in Philippians 4, 4, rejoice in the Lord. It again, I say rejoice. In the message translation, it says, Celebrate God all the time. Amen. How do we gain our first love? We celebrate him. We celebrate God. Church, why don't you just uh, lift up your voices? You don't need to unmute. Lift up your voices wherever you are seated, standard, driving. You know, lift up your voices and you say, God, I celebrate you. I appreciate you. Come on, church, everybody. I don't need to hear you. I mean, you don't have to unmute yourself, but you just open your mouth and you say, I celebrate you, Lord. I celebrate you. I appreciate you. I give you thanks. I give you glory. I thank you for, for, for giving me or choosing me and to love me first. Even I am undeserved to be loved. Even in the times when I feel that I am not worthy, but you counted still worthy. Amen. Let's take some time to appreciate God. Linu, if, if, uh, if we can prepare communion and, uh, and if you can lead us in communion, that would be really great. But let's take some time to appreciate God. Come on, church. Maybe you have a, a prayer in your heart. Maybe you need to pray and you say, God, bring me back to the first love. 
you know maybe you need to go back and uh, to your wife and your children maybe you need to say i'm sorry i took you for granted i'm sorry i my, i i i take i take i took you for granted please forgive me come back to that first love god never designed you for doing as a primary purpose god designed you for being out of that being comes doing out of the being comes becoming out of the being comes whatever that you are called to do but it's not the do comes first he is inviting us to be in the presence he is inviting us sometimes my wife says when you talk you're always uh -huh, but you're always with your phone leave it look at my eyes and that's what sometimes the lord is saying you know you're just so busy you're so busy even busy praying busy fasting busy doing this the lord is saying learn to rest in my presence there's a beautiful scripture it says in the in the, in, the, in the songs of solomon he took me to the inner chambers and there we rejoiced and we don't realize because we come from india we don't know what is inner chambers inner chambers is like a basement in every european home they have a basement and they go down they have the wines the best of the wines they keep there it's called the cellar and usually it's a dark kind of a very uh, dungy place but they probably will have a couple of chairs and a little table and if you are very close to the or the the guest of the any europeans here they bring you down to their cellar they open one of their the best choices wines they cut come few cheeses uh, and uh, and they sit and you talk you merry over you 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 rejoice with that person you communicate and that's what the lord is saying come to the inner chambers the inner chambers where you can just have a communion laugh with god you know have you ever imagined laughing with god <laughs> that sounds almost impossible for a religious person because a religious person is always you know very serious have you ever imagined jesus laughing i mean uh, one person said when i grew up i will not mention the name of the church they said jesus never laughed he cried so we have to cry and i'm like wow and i also thought that's almost true even pointed out a scripture but the first wedding the miracle that he did was in the wedding <laughs> hello and i can't see a jesus with a strict weeping face oh man you are getting married your your life khatam ho gaya can you imagine that jesus doing that i mean and and the, what is the first miracle he did turning the water into wine i mean come on guys i mean wine doesn't make you cry so think about these things this is the religious form that we got into this so my brothers and sisters learn to experience laughter with god god i want to enjoy the presence with you of course he's holy we have to be reverent never take him for granted all those things i agree and i see and i there is a place to be but my brothers and sisters he's inviting us to this place of intimacy inviting even this guys the efficients they are doing great things they even hated the nicolaitans you know but he's saying something i have still against you come back come back to that first love i don't know who this is for but i just obedient to share this if this makes to you say to god god bring me back to that place 
or maybe some of you never been to that place. You've been mechanically doing life for God, disciplined and it's beautiful. God rewards the discipline. But God is inviting further one more step to be in that place of intimacy with him. Oh, thank you, Jesus. Here are some announcements. If you have missed any of our sermons, you can watch them by logging in on Papa's House through YouTube, SoundCloud, iTunes and Facebook. We have a family support program where we support single mothers and their children by getting provisions through finances and opportunities to earn a livelihood through small businesses. Every Friday, through our homeless feeding program, our team prepares and distributes food packets for homeless people in and around Velour. We would encourage you to join us in this program by either preparing or distributing food packets and also by considering making your generous contributions through your finances. If you consider yourself to be a part of Papa's house, then we would encourage you to send your tithes and offerings. But if you are visiting Papa's house for a few occasions and led by the Spirit and you feel that Papa's house has made a difference in your spiritual life and your connection with Christ, you could consider sowing a small seed through an offering. We would make sure it falls on the good soil so that it reaps a good reward from God. You can find the details of the bank accounts and Google Pay should you decide to send in your offering to us. We will intimate to you once we have received it. Also, here are the links on how you can reach and follow us.